Chris, we got a good podcast today, man. I'm excited yeah. about this one. Yeah, this one, this one's good. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah, we got our we got our first guest coming on. We've got Henson Wu from Feedback Wiz coming on to talk all about the uh, new changes to Amazon's terms of service with the buyer seller messages. Uh, yeah, it's it, he was it, fortunate enough to take time and do this for us. We appreciate it. Uh, listen, he's out of the discount code uh, for everybody listening to try Feedback Wiz. Uh, very generous um, and good, good company. So definitely want to check them out. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's get cranking. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of Two Amazon Sellers and a Microphone. I'm excited about today's podcast. With me, as always, is Chris Gramlich, and we have our first guest for the podcast, uh, Ed Henson Wu from Feedback Wiz. Henson, how are you doing? Good. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing great. Good. Doing great. We are excited to have you on here. Uh, we are. The topic today is going to be some of the terms of service changes that Amazon is going to be rolling out in the future uh, with the buyer-seller messaging, the, sort of the automated feedback messages that we as sellers have been sending in the past. So we're excited to have you on to get some clarification about these uh, these new TOS that are coming out from Amazon. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm excited for this podcast. Uh, there's a lot of confusion in this category. Um, so we reached out to the best in the business, Feedback Wiz. Uh, these guys know all about the changes. Um, good, good tool to check out. And so I'm excited to learn what we as sellers need to be doing moving forward so we don't jeopardize our account and that we follow the terms of service uh, the correct way and, and not get our account banned or anything like that. So super excited. Uh, Henson, why don't you go, go ahead and, and, and tell us about Feedback Wiz, what it is, what, how you got started, uh, what you guys do, and kind of just give some background about it. Yeah, so um, hi, I'm Henson. I am co-founder and CEO of Feedback Quiz. Um, I used to be an Amazon seller back in 2014. And when I was, um, you know, selling on Amazon, I was, my actual, um, you know, job was actually being an engineer. So I worked uh, in this uh, software and Amazon world for a very long time. And basically that's how we came about to uh, building feedback with and our goal was really to build a tool to help uh, sellers increase brand reputation and their profits so um, the first tool that we created was for buyer seller messaging automated emails to try to um, automate the communication between the seller and buyer and make it as efficient and maximize the conversions get as many reviews as possible and try to you know prevent negative reviews so with the communication guidelines, um, you know, if you've been selling on Amazon for a long time, you've probably been using some kind of um, email tool to send out messages to sellers or to buyers, excuse me. Uh, and, you know, a lot of sellers have been using this platform more as a tool for marketing or trying to increase reviews in ways that are somewhat, you know, uh, unfriendly with Amazon's policies. Uh, so this is why Amazon updated their communication guideline, um, I think it was September 8th. And they're basically saying these new policies will take effect on November 3rd. So you have about a little bit less than a month to understand what the changes are and just fix 
if you're using buyer seller messaging emails uh, to send out for reviews, or if you're sending out, you know, order shipment emails and things like that, you have to understand the changes and what you need to do to prepare for the for these upcoming changes. So I'm going to just go over like what are the main things that changed and what you need to really look out for because uh, there are some consequences which we'll talk about uh, what happens. And for sellers that have been using buyer seller messaging, you probably if you violated some of these guidelines already, actually Amazon has been enforcing this for almost uh, six months to a year. And they've been slapping people with a 30 day proactive message restriction. So um, so that's kind of a background of uh, you know what's been going on. So, Good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to dive in onto what this new policy, uh, by the way, you can find this policy inside your Amazon Seller Central by logging in. Um, September 8th, they had a seller, the new section. So in the new section on September 8th, you'll see a communication guideline update. And there's a PDF file that you actually click and download. So the actual guidelines haven't been updated yet on the Amazon pages. So if you go to the Amazon buyer-seller messaging rules and pages, you'll notice that it's still the old stuff. So I think they're not going to update it until probably closer to November 3rd. Um, Hey, Henson, let me jump in real quick and ask a question um, just so we can get even more clarification. What what are the basic terms of service right now? Like as an existing uh, a seller, if you're using the messaging system, uh, you know, I use it to for feedback and for reviews and just basic customer service. Uh, what are the current just the, the basic terms right now of what you can and can't do? Well, the basic terms are kind of vague, right? So the main thing is they don't want you using buyer seller messaging as a marketing tool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mainly people use it to get reviews or or feedback, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't want you sending like coupon codes. They don't want you like uh, directing them to your website, right? They don't want you try to manipulate them to leave you a good review or update reviews, you know, Mm -hmm. remove reviews, things like that. And that's mainly what sellers use it for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, or they send out like messages saying, Hey, your orders has been shipped. You know, here's, uh, here's a guide on how to use your product. So something like that. So that um, is something that I currently, that is something that I currently do with a lot of my products. Yeah. That's still okay. Correct. Well, as of right now, it's okay. But like you said, there's some rules that like are set in place. Like, you know, people using the important tag to bypass the opt outs to send unnecessary messages. Like these are all rules that are, have been in effect, mm-hmm. right? The thing is just Amazon in the past had these rules. They just never really enforced it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it just got to a point where things started getting out of control and maybe the buyer experience started to deteriorate a little bit. Buyers are complaining that I am getting too many messages from every order that I'm placing. Mm-hmm. Um, they introduced the opt-out uh, a few years ago, right? And that's cut down a lot of stuff. But at the same time, I think Amazon kind of just wanted to level the playing field, make it a more buyer friendly type of environment. Like as a buyer, you don't want to continuously getting these unnecessary messages or, um, you know, these stories about please leave me a positive feedback or review, you know, like I need help, things like that. So Mm -hmm. I think they just got tired of it. And that's pretty much why they, you know, update the policies now. And they literally is like four pages long. So they just pretty much written as much as they could. Right. Um, to tell people this is what you can and can't do. Interesting. All right. Well, let's dive into what are the upcoming changes going to be, and what once we know those changes, what are the steps we can take to uh, protect ourselves from violating them? 
Right. So basically, they've defined a couple of terms like permitted messages and proactive permitted messages. So permitted messages are basically where if the buyer reaches out to you, right, you have the opportunity to respond to them uh, to resolve their issue. Right. Mm -hmm. So they consider this as necessary as part of, you know, as a seller, you have to provide the service as a customer service. Right. So they emailed you and asked you for instructions for your product or they said that, you know, my product got damaged. Then it's your responsibility to reply to them and fix the problem. Right. So this is the buyer um, sending you the message first. And then there's the proactive permitted messages. This is where the seller initiates the contact to the buyer first. And most of the rules are really surrounding the proactive permitted messages because Amazon doesn't really care about what the buyer asks the question to you. You can say whatever back to them as long as it's pertaining to the message. But as a seller, if you start sending things that are not necessary to complete the order or that are violating uh, some of these rules they put in place, this is where they're going to come after you. Um, so with the proactive messages, what they're basically saying is that you can use an app, which is great because in the past, they never really said anything about using a third-party app or a platform or using the API, right? They just basically said, oh, you just use buyer-seller messaging inside Seller Central. So they've come out and finally said that, hey, apps are okay to use. Even though everyone was using it, everyone knew it was fine, um, they made that clear. So that's, that's good news for third-party apps, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but they've also said that you can only send out proactive messages for the following reasons. So resolving an issue with order fulfillment, like requesting additional information required to complete the order, asking a return related question, sending an invoice, right? Scheduling a delivery of a heavy item or like a home service appointment, or if it's a custom design where they have to respond, right? To, in order to fulfill the order, right? So these kind of issues, these kind of reasons are why you would be allowed to send a proactive message. But they also did very clearly said you can send a proactive message to request a product review or seller feedback. So that's great because mm -hmm. they're still allowing you to use buyer seller messaging to request a review. And that was, I think, the biggest confusion was that, um, you know, with this whole proactive message suspension that happened in the last six months, a lot of uh, sellers were messaging Amazon and seller support were telling them, oh, you can't use you can't use buyer seller messaging ask for reviews anymore. You can't use ask, you can ask for feedback, right? And there was a lot of false information going back and forth, but they've clearly defined you can ask for product reviews and feedback. So that's great news. However, um, if you're sending an email for order shipment, right, they don't want you doing that anymore. So they've also defined what you can't do for proactive messages. So that includes order and shipment confirmation messages. Um, that's because Amazon sends that already. So they don't want you sending a duplicate message, right? Messages that say thank you only or contact us if you have a problem, right? Marketing, promotional messages, coupons, right? We already know that's pretty obvious. And then they're really looking uh, out for when you're asking for a review, the type of language you're using when you're asking for a review. So they don't want you to try to incentivize them, uh, for example, to submit a positive review, by offering some kind of compensation, whether it's like gift cards, money, you know, a discount, rebates, things like that, right? So it has to be, the review has to be asked in a very neutral tone, right? It can't be suggestive. So like, if you had an issue with our product, please contact us first before you write a review. Or mm -hmm. if you loved our product, please leave a five-star review for us. 
So Amazon views this as suggestive language, and you can't have that kind of language when you're asking for a review. Um, so hopefully that was a lot of information. Hopefully, like people kind of understand um, what you can and can't do. And the actual biggest change, I would say, because a lot of these are kind of obvious, right? If you're a seller, you pretty much know you shouldn't be doing this. But the biggest change is really that they only allow you to send one review request or feedback request per order. So in the past, a lot of sellers used to have, um, you know, message sequences set up where they'll send one review request after five days and then they'll send another one after 10 and another one after 20, right? So now they're saying you can only ask for review once per order. So that's, that's really the biggest thing here is if you're using a tool or if, you know, you're sending it manually, make sure you're not sending it more than once because if you send it more than once, it's going to trigger... Uh, on their system, and they will uh, restrict you from using buyer seller messaging. Interesting. Does um, that does that include the uh, the button as well? The review request button inside. Can I do that and another email, or that, those both count? Yes. So that's a great question. I was actually just going to touch that, but um, yeah. So the request a review button, although it's a different mechanism than buyer seller messaging, it's not connected together. Um, that is considered asking for a review. So if you're using the review request button to ask for a review, don't use buyer seller messaging as a review, and vice versa. So you have to pick which one you want to use because uh, we've noticed that a lot of people getting restricted, they didn't understand that, and they were using both methods to ask for reviews. So that's considered two requests per order. So you definitely don't want to do that. I think you'll that, be charged. That right there just saved me. I, I'm going to go I mean, make I'm doing that the a, same thing. I'm, I'm sending follow-up emails, and then every week I'll do the request review. Mm -hmm. Same right. time. Yeah, you, you want to avoid that, um, especially coming to November 3rd. You got to decide which method you want to use. Um, and the other thing, too, is as a seller on Amazon, you're either doing private label or you're doing like retail arbitrage, right? So you need to figure out, are you trying to get product reviews or seller feedback? Because Amazon's saying that, if you're trying to ask for both, it has to be in the same email because that's how the request review button works, right? Both mm. requests are in the same email. So you can't send a separate product review request email and then send a separate seller feedback request email for the same order. So you got to make sure to put it in the same email or my suggestion is figure out which one's more important for you, right? If you're a private label seller, then don't even bother with seller feedback. You need product reviews and so just focus on getting product reviews. So just, you know, having it simple for that. Wow. Uh, so in, in yeah. short, in short, you can still send a review request in emails um, moving forward past November 3rd. That still is prohibited. You can still do that. Yes. Yes. They've made it clear in writing now. So there's no confusion anymore whether or not you can use buyer seller messaging emails to ask for reviews. You can absolutely okay. do that. It's just you don't want to use buyer seller messaging and the request review at the same time for the same Got order. It. Yeah. Um, there's also some other restrictions now in terms of when you're asking, when you're sending these emails out and they're more towards the content of the email itself. So the other restrictions are that any type of links you put inside the email, it has to be secure working links. So when it's secure working links, meaning HTTPS, right? Not HTTP. So that's very important. And these mm. external links, they don't want any external links outside of Amazon pages. So don't put any external links to your website, to your social media channel, right? It has to be pages within Amazon. 
So whether it's the storefront page, whether it's the page to leave a review, whether the page to leave a feedback, whether it's a product video page, whatever. Um, it's very clear now the external links are not allowed unless they're secure working links and they're Amazon related pages. Now, um, there is a little bit of a give and take. So for example, if you have a link where they have to register for warranty that goes to your website, that's actually okay, right? So you just don't want it to be a link to try to divert them to buy products on your site or go to your social media channel, things like that, right? Um, they've also said that they don't want any type of attachments that are not related to product instructions, warranty information, or invoices. So if you're attaching pictures of your product or you know something else, or even let's say you're putting in a guide on how to, let's say for example, I'm selling a blender and I'm attaching a PDF guide that says these are 10 recipes you can use to complement your blender. That's not considered something they want you to attach anymore hmm. because that's, although it's related to your product, it's not really directly pertaining to, you know, the necessary function or safety of the product, right? But if you had product instructions on how to use this product properly, or um, you know how to register for your warranty for this product, um, that's perfectly okay. So keep that in mind with the attachments. Um, they're they're allowing you to put your logos inside the emails as well, as long as they don't have a link to direct them outside of it. So if they click on your logo, they make make sure you don't have a clickable logo link to your website. Um, some of the, the other big thing really is they don't, they're not allowing emojis and pictures anymore. Hmm. So if you have, if you're using emojis or if you're putting in pictures of your product or pictures of anything, they don't want that. So no more pictures, no more emojis. The only pictures you can put in again, are it's going to be your logo. So keep that in mind. Um, the other things are kind of obvious. Like you don't want to put like, um, your email address, your phone number, you know, a link to your website. Right. Mm -hmm. Any type of, uh, any type of like, um, foul language, offensive, um, pictures or things like that. You just don't want to put it. So those are kind of more obvious. Um, the other bad thing too, is that they've no longer allow tracking pixels. So for people that don't know what tracking pixels do, tracking pixels are used for third party providers that track the open rate of your emails. So when you use like feedback Wiz or whatever, uh, they'll tell you what the open rate is, right? And the way that that works is we put in this tracking pixel in the email When they open the email. It basically opens up this blank picture that they can't see, but we get the data saying that, Hey, someone opened this email. So they no longer want you to track, uh, open rates. So we have to disable that. And everyone has to disable that for now. Hmm. We don't know if Amazon is going to provide this data in the future, but for now, um, open rate data will be, will be, uh, gone. So you got to, now figure out, all right, what subject lines give you the highest open rates? So that's something that you got to, you know, either test now before November 3rd or, um, you know, I can, I, I usually tell people for subject lines, the best subject lines are um, something pertaining to your Amazon order, right? But don't give too much information about what that content of the email is. So if you're saying like, here's a, please, uh, please rate our product. Please write us a review, right? If that's your subject line, you're going to get very low open rates because it's too direct and people already know what it's about, or mm -hmm. you may be sending in a time of day where they don't have time to react to it. Once they skip it, they won't come back. 
So the best object lines are like regarding your Amazon order ID number, putting the order ID number there or information about your Amazon purchase, right? Order ID number. So it doesn't give too much information about the content of the email, but it sounds important enough that they know it's something to do with their Amazon product. They're inclined to open it. So that's going to get you the highest open rate. So I suggest to you, if you don't know which subject lines to use, use one of those uh, type of subject lines. That's interesting. There, there's there's going to be a, a lot of adjustments I'm going to have to make. Uh, <laughs> just I want to touch on a couple of things you said. I got a question. Um, let's say you're a, in, you're a, a fitness product and you attach a workout guide uh, with it. So it's is that related to the product or because it's not directions on using it, kind of. It's exercises you can use with it. It's like a workout yeah. guide. Would that be? Would you think that I would be crossing the line? That's crossing the line. Yeah. You don't want to, because they made it very clear that it's going to, it's the attachment has to be product instructions, warranty information, or invoices. Mm. So if the fitness product, you're attaching a guide on how to safely assemble the product itself, that's probably okay. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're giving them exercises on how to do it, that's not really something that's necessary for the seller, right? That's that right. you can put inside your packaging. Right. Yeah. As insert or, you know, that's interesting. Now, in yeah. the past, because I'm curious about the sequences that you would roll out now is in the in the past, I've done sequences like you talked about where, hey, congrats, your order has shipped, you know, or, and then you send an email out like the day after delivery. Did everything arrive? OK. You know, if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. And then, you know, a third follow up where you uh, subtly ask them for a review, an honest review or honest feedback. Um, what with these new terms of service that are coming out, what are the kind of sequences that you would roll out for products? Yeah, the sad part is there's not much of a sequence you can use anymore because of the restriction with the one review request, right? However, I do suggest everyone that has a product to go get some product instructions or warranty information created, some kind of guide or PDF, right? Because they're stating that you can send out these things as a message, right? Mm -hmm. So in my mind, the only sequence you can really do is having some kind of product instruction email when the product ships to send it to them, right? And that email, you could say, you know, here's attachment for how to safely use your product or uh, in case you have trouble with using or, you know, in case you don't know how to assemble this product, uh, please see the attached product instructions, right? And then you can write something where, like, if you have any questions or concerns about this product, feel free to reply to this email, contact link. That's okay. You're not asking for a review in that email, right? And then on the uh, the following email, you can choose whether or not you want to use a request review button for a review, or you can use your customized buyer-seller messaging email and then send that out, you know, X amount of days after it's been uh, delivered. And then that one, again, just have to follow the rules, uh, no incentive language, no suggested language, right? Just a very mm -hmm. uh, friendly, neutral kind of tone asking for review. And you can put like uh, contact information, like contact us if you have any questions, but just don't tie that contact us if you have any questions before you leave a review, right? Mm -hmm. kind of messaging in there. Just keep it like very separate. You know, that's, that's the, that's pretty much all you can really do these days. Yeah. You know, I mean, Amazon has really just, cut it down, right? They just want to eliminate all the uh, different things that people are trying to get away with. So, mm -hmm. yeah. What are you guys doing over at FeedbackWiz now to be ready, or maybe you've already been doing, to be ready for this new change? Is there 
is there things you're changing with the templates or are you proactively, you know, reaching out to your clients or like, what, what exactly is, uh, how's this affected feedback was and what are you guys doing moving forward? Yeah. So, um, some of the other changes that I didn't, well, some of the other requirements I didn't, um, go over yet. It's like, so right now, Amazon's it's coming November 3rd, Amazon's going to say, all right, you're going to have to put that 17 digit order ID somewhere inside that email to identify it. So that's one of the requirements. The other requirement is that if you're selling in an international marketplace, that email has to be in the buyer's preferred language. So that's a big one. So for example, if you're selling in Europe, let's say I'm selling in France, that message request or whatever message you're sending has to be in French, right? If I'm selling in Japan, it has to be in Japanese, right? So not only do you need to know like what your buyer seller pref- uh, preferred languages, you have to send it out in that language. If you're sending a Japanese guy an English template, uh, they're going to ding you for that. So that's, those are two big things that as a seller, you have to understand, but as a third party provider, we actually have to identify for you guys to know that, all right, they're Japanese, uh, preferred language. We have to make sure that your templates in Japanese, if it's not in Japanese, we're going to block it Hmm. for your safety. Right. And then we're also going to automatically put in the 17 digit order ID inside your, um, your template as a requirement, right? Uh, there's also some styling kind of things they restricted on. So they don't want you trying to override the uh, message margins or using different line spacing or heights, different type of color or fonts, you know, so they try to keep it more uniform. Um, so before we have like a WYSIWYG, which is an editor that allows you to basically create any type of message you want. So we basically have to restrict it down to a point where we don't want you getting in trouble. So we're only going to allow you to do what you Amazon allows you to do. Right. Um, besides that, yeah. Um, our campaigns, when we fire out emails, we we're going to detect. Um, so the way that feedback was works is that you can create multiple campaigns and group different products per those campaigns, because not every single product you're going to ask at the same time for a review, right? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be. Right. If you're selling multiple products, you got to understand that some products might take, you might want to ask 30 days after or 10 days after, right? Um, we got to make sure that you're not creating duplicate review requests campaigns, right? So we have ASIN restrictions to, to make sure that, hey, I didn't accidentally create a campaign that includes the same ASIN in another campaign and then I accidentally asking for two review requests, right? Because that's, that's something that's very easy for a user to, to uh, make a mistake on. So um, things like that. Uh, we also are going to release a brand new set of pre-built templates that we've created that um, we feel like is going to be 100% TOS compliant, right? So you guys can use it as a baseline, uh, you know, give you an example of what kind of emails you can send out. And then we're also in the process of translating all the templates in all the different languages uh, for the different marketplaces. So if you are selling in international marketplaces, then you don't have to worry about translating those templates. You can just use the pre-built translated template, set it up, and then we'll send it out for you. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like you're ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have to. I mean, I, I think every every company is, uh, has to do this right now. If you if you have some kind of email service, if you're not, then it sucks because as a seller or, you know, you might not be aware of all these things, right? And our goal is to help you guys succeed. We don't want to see you guys get restricted. Right. We want to make sure you guys keep growing. Um, so we got to do our due diligence to make sure that if you don't understand the product, uh, understand the, uh, the rules, we'll do as much as we can to help you. 
right? Mm -hmm. But as a seller, it's still your responsibility to understand what you're sent out, right? We can't control like what you write in templates. So you still need to understand that, oh, I can't use suggested language. I can't put in my coupon codes, things like that. But um, but we're not going to allow you to like um, make your font size like 50 and send it out, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you've got all the safeguards in place uh, to help us out to not make those mistakes. Um, yeah, and it is a constantly evolving landscape. So I know that you have to constantly be constantly stay on top of all of this, which uh, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's the problem is it keeps changing, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, in the past, I don't know, like 12 months, like there's just been so much so much uh, ambiguity, whether or not, like, can you send emails out anymore? Can you ask for reviews, right? Like, mm -hmm. nobody really knew the answer, right? It's just so much confusion. But this is good because they finally came out with, you know, some documentation now that people can follow. And, you know, there's not there's not too much vagueness anymore, right? Now it's like, yeah. hey, we kind of, we pretty much understand what you can can do. Now, some sellers might figure out ways to bend the rules a little bit, right? We don't know how long, you know, we have to test this out, right? Some people might, like you said, they might try to attach the uh, non-product instruction. They might try to attach, you know, exercise program with, well, is Amazon going to check that? I don't know. Maybe, mm -hmm. right? If they do, are they going to ding you for it? Maybe, maybe not, right? Uh, but it's because they've been restricting people uh, for the last 12 months pretty aggressively for a lot of these things. I, You know, whatever checks they have in place, I don't see them, like, relaxing the rules, right? Mm -hmm. So... Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend everyone to make sure that they're, they understand all these rules and then they implement the changes because the consequences are if, let's say you've never used buyer seller messaging to send out emails and you just started selling Amazon today and, and you didn't know that you can't send coupon codes out, you've been sending it out. And then Amazon dings you and says, Hey, you know, you can't do this. And you got 30 day message restriction. That's fine. They're going to give you that first 30 day warning. You can't send out emails. It gives you time to fix it. But the second time you do it, they're going to ban you from sending buyer-seller messaging emails. So you can't use the buyer-seller messaging system anymore to send out proactive messages. Um, so that's a biggie. So if you got hit in the past before, you got to make sure you're compliant because you're not going to get a second chance. Um, but however, getting banned from sending proactive messages on buyer-seller messaging isn't the end of the world because... Um, you can use the request review button, right? Mm -hmm. That's a separate mechanism. And that's something that all sellers can always use to ask for reviews. Um, and the other thing is it doesn't really affect the ability to sell on Amazon, right? It doesn't, it's not going to, you know, uh, they're just not going to let you send proactive messages. Now, if the buyer came and messaged you for a problem, you can still use it to reply, right? Or let's say you had a product where it requires customization, like a, like a name tag, where they have to give you some information for you to ship it to them. You can still use the important tag in the subject line to bypass um, not only your restriction, but also the um, opt-out for the buyers. So that's still available. It's just you basically miss out on sending product instructions, warranties, and asking for reviews for buyer small messaging. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Um, so what what is that period when you say ding? What what's that period that a seller would get suspended from sending messages? Is it like a thirty day period, forty five days, six day? What's that period like? It's going to be thirty days. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if they're going to change it in the future, but as right now it's thirty days. 
And then if you do get permanently banned, I believe you will get an email from Amazon saying that you're no longer, you can no longer send messages to buyers from messaging. So, um, I don't, I know in the past, like when they first started restricting it, they gave people a couple of chances because I, I've seen people get multiple 30 day restrictions, but now, uh, they're not going to give you that second chance anymore. So mm-hmm. you gotta be very careful about it. Yeah. Well, for everybody listening, there is a really good blog uh, Feedback Wiz has that explains detail, everything that Henson just covered. Uh, I would recommend going over to feedbackwiz.com, checking out that blog. Um, it's going to give you clear-cut answers to all the questions you have. I would also re-listen to this podcast because mm-hmm. uh, he covered a lot. We covered a lot today, uh, but it would, it would be worth a second listen just to make sure that Either service you're using, make sure that your templates are following these new guidelines, especially come November 3rd. Uh, you want to make sure you're following these rules uh, moving forward. You don't want to get dinged. Uh, just play by the rules here. Absolutely. Yep. And um, in terms of getting reviews, like I guess the biggest question now is whether or not you should use buyer seller messaging or you should use the request review button. So if you guys want to touch real quick on yeah, the yeah, yeah for sure that's that's kind of like the big question now right it's like mm-hmm. should i still use buyer seller messaging should i go have all these different headaches about you know making sure everything's compliant or should i just use the button so so let's talk about the request review button so the benefits of that is that amazon's sending out this message for you right you don't have to customize your subject line you don't have to figure out what to write inside you just need to press that button right and actually with feedback was we have the automatic uh, campaigns now. So you can actually, we can trigger that button on your behalf. So you can set up campaigns to trigger that button. So nice. you don't have to use buyer service. There's both, there's both methods. You can pick which one you want to use, right? Um, so the benefits are, yeah, it's 100% compliant with Amazon messaging policies, right? The templates are automatically translated to the buyer's preferred language. So you don't have to worry about translation or anything like that. Amazon knows which language this guy wants it in. Gonna, they're going to send in that language. Um, they're going to put the buyer's first name in there, which buyer-seller messaging cannot do because Amazon doesn't send uh, personal uh, data anymore through the API. So we can't see their name. They can't see the address, things like that. They removed that, like, I don't know, last year. So it's a little bit more personalized that has their name on it, right? However, you can't put your logo in there. Right. You can't customize your subject line. So logo is one of the big things that uh, people still want with buyer-seller messaging because it gives them opportunity to display their brand, their brand name. Right. And then um, with the review request button, you can only send out this email uh, after it's been delivered from five to 30 days. So you're restricted to a five to 30 day window. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's basically the request review button. However, a lot of people said that request review button has giving them great results, right? And whether we don't really know why it's giving them better results, right? Um, some people said buyer sell messaging is giving good results. Uh, the common myth was that the opt-out for the request review button is a different opt-out than buyer seller messaging, right? Hmm. Um, so we looked into that and we debunked it because the request review button and buyer seller messaging emails both go through um, an opt-out called seller communications. So as a buyer, uh, you have the ability to not receive any more communication emails. Uh, and then both of these follow under seller communications. We tested it out. So we've opted out multiple accounts uh, for seller communications and triggering the button. And 
you don't get any emails from Amazon asking for reviews. So that's not the reason. I don't know what the exact reason is. Maybe Amazon's just juicing these emails uh, because you know they're trying to promote it, right? They created this request review button because they want to try to cut down on the buyer seller messaging emails and at the same time make it easy for sellers to send out review requests, you know, without having too much headache, right? Maybe you can answer this real quick. Um, from my understanding, the request review button, it sends it to a customer and it's just a rating. They don't have to write anything. They can just rate the product. Whereas if the buyer seller message, it takes them to the review page where they have to write something. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, if you got any clarification on that. Um, both of them take you to the same page. Um, okay. Amazon introduced ratings, um, I don't know, not too long ago. So ratings is just a simple way for them to click on the stars without writing a review. So either method will allow them to write a rating or a review. It's up okay. to the what they, what they want to do. Yeah. Um, however, in the request review button, it, it, you do have those blank stars in there. So visually they can see that, oh, I can click on these stars to leave a review. However, with the new restriction of the buyer seller messaging, they said no more images, right? So you can't put those blank stars anymore, which sucks, right? And I've, I've asked Amazon, can we put those blank stars? You said no. So I'm like, okay, huh. do it. Even though it's the same thing as the request review button, right? So that's one drawback. Um, however, with buyer seller messaging, like I said, you can customize the subject line, you can customize the content inside. Right. With the review request button, the problem is that the subject line is always going to be the same. So after a while, naturally as a buyer, you, you're going to get that same email for every single seller that sells you something. And after a while, you might just get insensitive to it. You're like, oh, I'm not going to open it or I don't care about it. Right. At least with buyer seller messaging, you could be a little bit craftier with the subject line and then you can be more personalized within the template itself. Right. So you can, you know, you can't really say too much, but Sometimes you can change the message a little bit to make it a little more friendly, cater to the audience of that buy your product, or you can even um, put your con the contact information and say reply to this email, right? So that's one of the other key points is that with the request review button, the uh, buyer cannot reply to that email. It's a no reply email. So they had an issue with the product. They can't reply and say, oh, um, I hate your product. You need a refund. With buyer seller messaging, if you send out that email, they can reply to it. And then that message will go directly to you and you can resolve the issue if you need to. Right. So that's, that's another drawback of the request for rebutton that buyer seller messaging has to yeah, You make a good point there. Yep. Um, I'm getting a lot of those emails that say, you know, so-and-so wants to get your rating for the product and it's all the same subject line. Yep. So I've gotten to the point where I'm like, just archive, archive. Mm -hmm. But when I get a buyer seller message from a, product that I buy and it's unique and I don't know there's some open it. I'll check it out and open it. So you make a valid point there that eventually uh, customers are going to get immune to this subject line. It's all going to stay the same. And so they're just going to, it's going to be the same thing over and over again. And the open rates will probably go down and they may not do it anymore. So um, I was torn there because I buyer seller messages was doing really well, but I can definitely, or I mean the rating review was doing really well, but now, uh, just seeing what you said there as far as like they can reply to you, uh, you can control the subject line and you, you can kind of control with your logo. Um, I'm going to have to test it out again. Like, so you as, you as a seller, you just got to test each one out, see which one works best for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, a, that's what I would say, just test which one works best for you, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you can just try it. If you're selling multiple products, 
just uh, try try one of the methods on one of the products, right? For like a month, and then see how many reviews you get, right? And then switch it to you know whichever the other method, and then test it for another month and see how many reviews you get. I mean, it's pretty even. Then you know it's up to you, right? If you see a huge difference and say the review request button is way better, then I say just stick with the request review button. Yeah, this is this is great. There, there's some things that I'm definitely going to be testing out now because um, I, I didn't even think of it from that angle. But it's possible now that a lot of sellers are moving to that review request button because it's easier. I mean, you can click one button and have them all the review requests go out. And I'm wondering now if you stand out more, if it's more going to be more unique in the future to get a buyer seller message uh, with people opting out of doing it because they're concerned about terms of service. If you do it right, uh, it might be that you can really stand out as a seller uh, and just have another value add to your customer. So there, that, that's some interesting points that I did not consider at all with this. Um, mm-hmm. So this this has been unbelievably informative, Hanson. Yeah. Yeah. So. We we appreciate Chris. Do you have yeah, any, I'm glad, do you, I'm glad I, I'm able to give you guys this. Yeah. Thank you, but, oh man. Uh, Chris, do you have any other questions? Yeah. yeah, nothing on the top of my head. I mean, I mean, this is probably why we love this game of Amazon and sign on Amazon because it's always changing. Mm-hmm. So th- this is just another hurdle that you as sellers are going to have to get over and figure out uh, what's best for your business. But this is what keeps us coming back. Is like it's all. Hmm. Yeah, I think Chris cut out there for a second, but I totally—I lost you, Chris. But now you're back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but I'm I get into it. Yeah, no, uh, I totally agree. I also think that in the long run, these changes uh, help make Amazon a better place. Uh, it's going to cut back. I mean, there's there's reasons they're making these. I um, mean, there's so much review manipulation and stuff that goes on um, for unfair competitive practices that this is just going to help out. And so for us sellers that are trying, they're playing the long game and trying to do all of this right, this is just, this is gonna be helpful, I feel like. And I feel like yeah. everything, I feel like everything that you laid out, Henson, uh, was just great tips, great, uh, it made me rethink about how I'm gonna approach things after this. Um, and just, it was really, really helpful. So we, we can't thank you enough, Henson, for coming on and sharing your knowledge. Uh, and we encourage everybody that's listening and watching out there to go check out Feedback Wiz. Um, it's a great, great platform. Henson, you're obviously way ahead of the game on staying on top of this. Um, so if anybody's looking to make sure that their uh, emails are safeguarded, you are the man for that. And Feedback Wiz is the place for that. So Henson, thanks so much for coming on. And um, we, we really appreciate it. Everyone, yeah, thanks for having me on, Kristen Dustin. It's great yeah. to uh, you bet. Absolutely. We'll follow back up with you in the future. Absolutely. Awesome. Have a great day, everybody. Man, Chris, I learned a lot on that one. Oh, man, that was my mind is blown. <laughs> a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, definitely worth the second listen. That There was a lot of good information on that podcast. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and listen to make sure I've got everything set up right. But we've got a generous offer from Henson uh, over at Feedback Wiz. He's offering 50% off your first month after a 30-day free trial. I mean, that's, yeah, that's an crazy. incredible deal. You need to be going out. Take advantage of it right now. He's going to Feedback Wiz is going to safeguard you from all the yeah. potential 
potholes with these terms of service changes. So go out and do it. The code is Solozo50, S-E-L-L-O-Z-O-5-0. Solozo50, 50% off your first month and a 30-day free trial. Go check them out at Feedback Wiz.